Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Mishnah Yuma, Perak Vav, Mishnah Hay, and Mishnah Vav, and we are in the thick of discussing the laws of the Azazel, that is the sheep that was pushed off, the, the goat, excuse me, that was pushed off the cliff. And we were discussing how they had positioned these huts, uh, starting one mill from the Yerushalayim, and every mill there was another hut, until you had approximately uh, ten huts, and then once you had ten huts, each one a mill from the other, there then was a gap of two mil until you got to the cliff. So you have a hut every mil, and we'll see what the purpose of those huts were in a minute. And then the, after the final hut, there's an, an additional two mil, which is about 2,000, each mil is 2,000 amos, so it's 4,000 amos, and then you got to the cliff. We'll see all that in a minute, why that is. I'll call sukkah of a sukkah. At each and every hut, there was a person waiting in the hut. Omer will say to him, Hari Muslim, Hari Mayim, here is some food, here is some water. Essentially reassuring him that in the event he needed to eat, although it was Yom Kippur, the mitzvah of taking the goat to the cliff overrides the prohibition of eating on Yom Kippur, and therefore he said you can eat so. It happens to be that others, Mepharshim point out, other commentaries point out, that the very assurance that he was able to eat made it easier. We all have this experience that on days we fast, suddenly we're much hungrier than on a regular day when somehow we get to 12 o'clock we may have missed breakfast. Okay. And then they would accompany him from one hunt to the next. So they accompanied him from one one to the next. He would ne- he was never alone, right? If you recall from the previous Mishnah, first the elders accompanied him out of Yerushalayim, and then each hut someone else accompanied him until you got to the final one where the people were not permitted to carry him to walk him to the cliff. And why is that? So if we recall from when we learned Erevin together, there's a concept of Tchum. Tchum doesn't just exist on Shabbos; it exists on Yom Tov as well, and that is it's forbidden to walk more than one mil, two thousand amas, from the place of residence outside outside, and therefore. The, uh, the per- people in the huts were not able to walk to the cliff, whereas the Kohen, or whoever was car- taking the Azazel, which we said is normally the Kohen, he was allowed to walk because the, uh, the need, the mitzvah of taking the goat la Azazel overrides the prohibition of Tchum Shabbos. And then, and then he would walk there. He would stand from the distance and he'd watch as the Kohen did it, as in the person in the final hut would stand from the distance and watch. Now the question is, why do you need to have an extra two, uh, an extra uh, mill, two, two, or uh, in this case, now you have two mill away from the hut. Why can't you just have the normal one mill? Why did they make the hut so far away? And the answer is because it said the the uh, the, the pasuk tells us that we throw the goat off a cliff in an uninhabited land. So if you have a hut there, it's considered inhabited. Therefore, we have to do it in a place that's really uninhabited. Okay. Maya Osa, what exactly was the procedure when it, once he got to the uh, precipice, he got to the edge of, this, of the cliff? Cholok Lashon Shalzahiros. He divided the red string, as in he had the, there was a red string that was tied to the goat. It seemingly he untied it, and he would cut it in half somehow. He tied one half of the strings to a rock next to him, and one half he tied on the horn between the two horns. Then he'd push, push the uh, goat backwards off the cliff and would tumble down the cliff. And as it tumbled down the mountain, it was so battered by the rocks, it wouldn't even get halfway down the mountains before it was totally dis- dismembered. And then he'd go and sit, he'd return to the last hut, and he'd sit there until it goes nightfall. Uh, until it was nightfall. And if you notice, by the way, as well, if you recall from when we learned the laws of Tchum, typically when one leaves a Tchum, they're penalized, they can't leave their four Amos. Here we allow him to return. 
And then, very crucially, the Pasuk, again, also tells us in Vayikra Tazayin, in Vayikra 16, that the person who uh, throws the, the goat off the cliff, Yechabes Begadav, has to wash his clothes, which is codenamed for he becomes um, contaminated, he becomes impure. So, at which point do we say he becomes impure? Uh, because we know it's going to happen. So some say, The first opinion is, once he leaves the walls of Yerushalayim, now he's considered contaminated. No, when he pushes the goat off the cliff, that's when he's considered contaminated. That's when he has to now go and wash his clothes. I wish you all a wonderful day.